with authority. Welcome everybody to another quarantine, almost out of quarantine edition of our With Authority podcast. Larry Beal, Casey Pratt, Chris Alvarez, joined today by arguably the best linebacker in football, Fred Warner of the 49ers. I say arguably, but it's not much of an argument because should you argue, Fred will pick you up and throw you down on your head. <laughs> so, Fred, is that correct, Fred? Yeah, that's correct, man. Thanks. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's, it's a good thing we're on Zoom then, I would say. Yeah. So, uh, I, I assume you saw Coach Shanahan's press conference uh, prior to the draft where uh, he suggested uh, we may not be alive on Sunday. Um, I'm, how, do, how is your health? Are you, are you confident that uh, a few days from now, you'll be able to watch the draft and survive. Uh, yeah, my health is great. You know, um, I did I did catch that uh, that one that one liner right there that he <laughs> that he mentioned, <laughs> and um, you know, like he was right. You you never know what what's gonna happen. So uh, that's I guess that's the, the mindset going into it. Did you see Kittle's tweet following that? He said he was gonna let him know. I was on that hill. Maybe I'll maybe I'll shoot him a text too just to let him know. Group text. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the entire roster, everybody tweeted on Sunday to coach, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. That, yeah, that would, I'm sure that'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, since we're doing this pre-draft, have you taken the time to look at any tape of any of the quarterbacks that might be 49ers uh, a few days from now? Um, No. I have not, you know, I wish I could say I have, but I've been focused on just training, you know, training hard. I know it's a very talented class. That's what, that's what I for sure know. I mean, I'm familiar with um, the one coming out of my alma mater just because, you know, he's played with my younger brother. But other than that, I'm just as, uh, I, I don't know much about it, just as like an average fan would, I'm sure. That, that was a good answer. Somewhat evasive, <laughs> but a good answer. Because I have no way of knowing whether you've looked or not. But that's I, I like Zach uh, Wilson also, though. Um, Casey, you're up. Yeah, so I know of one person whose film you studied extensively. That would be Troy Warner, your brother. So, you know, when you talk to him ahead of the draft, I know you're personally invested in that. He actually switched schools to play with you at BYU. So how crazy would it be if he ended up a 49er just like you? Oh, it'd, it'd be crazy, you know. It'd be a dream come true, to you know, to say the least. Because I mean, just the fact that he's even in this position, uh, you know, to make it to the league and 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 get a have a role in us both being in the NFL, um, you know, that's just a dream in itself, you know. And I know our mom, our parents are really proud. Um, and uh, you know, he's he he's got a lot of talent in him. You know, he's I, like you said, I've studied his tape from afar and. Uh, being his older brother, giving him tips and, and things like that. But he's he's such a, a playmaker and explosive athlete. Um, you know, wherever he ends up, I know he's going to be successful. Yeah, 2018, you were a third-round pick, 70th overall by the Niners. That's probably one of the best picks that Shanahan and Lynch have made. So are you seeing something similar where, where he may be a little undervalued? What are you trying to do to hype him up a little bit? Are you are you dropping little hints for Lynch and Shanahan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I – you know, of course, they're going to do their due diligence in, in the entire process. So it, it doesn't hurt for me to be like, hey, so uh, you see my little bro, <laughs> Troy Warner. But, um, you know, uh, I just tell Troy it doesn't matter where he goes in the draft or, um, you know, how it ends up. I just tell him what, what really matters is, is when you're, you know, selected, you know you're going to go and what you do afterwards. You know, that's what really matters. And so, uh, you know, I was really excited for him. 
Fred, what was the uh, the draft process for you? I actually went back and looked at your your presser when you first got here. You talked about the Wonderlick scoring high. What is the Wonderlick, and what was maybe the weirdest question you got? I mean, I know what the Wonderlick is, but what's the weirdest question you either got on the Wonderlick or those in-person interviews? Talk about just crazy things they ask you. Uh, yeah, the Wonderlick. Looking back in that interview, I was just like really just starstruck about everything in the moment. I was kind of just spewing things out as they as they came. The Wonderlick at the end of the day. It's not the end-all, be-all in terms of, like, your success in the NFL, right? You can score high or low. It doesn't mean that you're going to be a smart football player or or not. You know, it's just, um, you know, some guys just test better better than others, I guess. But in terms of people asking me different questions throughout the draft, like, you know, there was some, throw, there was some oddballs thrown at me, like, left and right during the whole combine and uh, individual interviews with, with different coaches and, and uh, staff members. So it's just like a whirlwind, that, that entire experience. And then finally – make it onto a team, it's like, oh, okay, I can finally just focus on football and, and becoming a better player. So, uh, you know, but it's, it only happens once, so you got to enjoy it. And, uh, you know, you guys have obviously had a great offseason signing some of your guys back. Uh, I want to know about the Kyle FaceTime. Have you got a Kyle FaceTime before, or what's that like? Everybody talks about the Kyle FaceTimes. Kyle, oh, I haven't had a Kyle FaceTime, so maybe, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm waiting on, maybe I'm waiting on that one, but, uh, you know, if I'm just really excited, like you said, there that we got the guys back that we did. Uh, you know, that was the the number one goal heading into the uh, free agency. I think was to keep keep the the core guys, you know, part of the team as much as we could. You can't always keep everyone, you know, it's just part of the deal. But we kept a lot of guys. Um, you know, I'm excited about the team and our roster. I know it's gonna it's gonna only get better uh, after the draft. Since we're focusing a lot on on pre-draft stuff you're obviously regarded as one of the best in the game, but I'm looking at your combine numbers. You were 13th among all linebackers in the 40 yard dash. You were eighth in the bench press. You were ninth in the short shuttle and sixth in the three cone drill. What does this say about the value of the combine since your tape is off the charts or was? Well, you got to, you know, the, the combine is what it is. You know, it's, you're going to take me through drills and, in a, in a t-shirt and shorts, um, uh, you know, I was, I was happy with my combine performance, but at the end of the day, they're going to, they're going to match that com those combine numbers with your film. Uh, if anything, they're going to value that film, you know, 10 times more than, than what you're doing in the drills. But um, it's just good when, when both things kind of match up and they're okay, that makes sense. Cause when I saw him on this play and I see the, I see the explosion that, you know, it's translating to him doing, you know, making those jumps in the, in the drills and whatnot. So, um, every little bit of it matters when, when you're going through a pre-draft process. But it seems like your performance is better than those numbers would indicate. When you were done with that, did you go, oh, man, that could have gone a lot better? Uh, yeah, um, most definitely. I mean, that's yeah. just how it goes. There's so much nerves and, and the, the different aspects that go into it. Um, and I, I came out with a good class, too. You know, I'm not going to downplay anybody else's numbers because I came out with some some great athletes, you know, and they did really well. Um but like I said, like sometimes those drills don't automatically translate to, to good football and uh, being successful at the next level. So, um, you know, it's what you do after, you know, just continuing to get better. Sure. Now, what is it like to fast forward then 2020, 2021, and you hear someone like Aaron Rodgers of all people that says, you're the best and everybody knows it. The respect from your peers that you got, this year, you know, the all pro, the pro bowl, everything. I mean, what is that like for you to kind of realize that you've done it, you've made it and now, now you're on this major stage. 
Uh, I mean, it mean, it meant the world, especially getting it um, from my peers and, and guys who I've who I've looked up to, you know, before even entering the league. You know, guys like Aaron Rodgers, who's played at the top of this league for a, a long time now, and obviously he won MVP, and so his his opinion meant a lot. And um, that was my my entire goal. What you know, coming into the league was to get that respect from my peers, and now, uh, you know, achieving that that level of recognition. Now my whole goal is just to become the best version of myself, you know, and continue to grow as a player because you're either getting better or you're getting worse, um, you know. And I like to, uh, you know, always refer to, you know, different quotes that I've seen from uh, from people of, of success. And um, it was funny because I was watching The Last Dance, uh, the, the little MJ series on Netflix, and Phil Jackson gave this quote, and it said, I'm probably going to butcher a little bit, but it says something about, you're only successful as your as the last successful act that you that you've made, and so that just means that you're gonna you have to continue to work and continue to be successful because you're not successful unless you're doing a successful act in that moment. So that's what I'm gonna continue to do. Yeah, I mean the game does have a way of humbling you. You get the highs from going to Miami, the way the game ended. COVID hits, world shuts down. Finally, get the season going. Lots of injuries out of the gate for the Niners, but you had the best single season you've had in your career. So, I mean, how do you manage that crazy roller coaster going through this? You know, you just, you just got to keep a, keep an even head and, and, and remain humble in the, in, in all facets of life. Um, because I mean, like you mentioned it, this last season was, uh, was kind of a nightmare just because of how, the way it went as a team and as a country and world. Um, but at the same time, I tried to, I did try to control what I could control it in my situation, you know, and becoming a, a better player in my third year. Um, and I'm just going to continue to try and make those steps to help my team because at the end of the day, we're all in it together and for one collective goal, which is obviously to get that, uh, you know, that Super Bowl. So, um, and I think we have, we have all the right pieces. We just got to work. Fred, I went back, I was going through the, uh, the press release and your, and your file on the 49ers website it says, uh, you went to BYU because they're partially a fan or a family friend sent tape to BYU. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I had a family friend uh, who we went to the same church and he was a huge BYU fan kind of, you know, saw me grow up uh, coming out of high school and, you know, noticed that I was, you know, I was a pretty decent football player and he's like, okay, let me, uh, let me get your tape so I can send it to them. Cause he had some connections within the team. And, um, and that's kind of how I got my name into there and, it started that that process um, with BYU, and they were one of the first teams to offer me after I think New Mexico State, and uh, took a, a visit with with that uh, family friend shortly after, and okay. then committed right away. So, uh, yeah. Can you take me back? Uh, speaking about the draft, your draft day, where you were at, what it was like. I mean, I watched Nate Clements, I believe, introduce you. Your pick seven in the Niners, kind of take me through the emotions, who you're around, and and that special moment of making it to the league. Yeah, it was it was special. It's something I'll, I'll always remember for sure. Uh, I was at my dad's house with all my close family, uh, family members and friends, and uh, you know I'm sitting on that couch all throughout the beginning of that second day because you know I did, I, I kind of had an idea I was going to go somewhere in the third round, and there have been talks that I might go second round, but I, you know I always try and just be you know just keep it uh, realistic and just uh, keep my my expectations low, you know, because so you don't get let down, but. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of standing around waiting, like, oh, when he's going to go, like, when's, when's the phone going to ring? And, uh, you know, all the anticipation, it builds up into that, that moment where um, I got the phone call uh, from the Niners, and it was just just pure joy and excitement. Um, 
and just a long time coming, you know, because that's uh, growing up, that's the dream. And um, to be where I'm at now, I mean, it feels like it's just flown by since since then. So to go back to the, the previous question about the family member sending the tape to BYU, if there was a family member that that or a friend that sent a tape to Hawaii, you could have ended up at the <laughs> University of Hawaii. Is that true? Oh man, yeah. You know, it, and they, they probably would have had a good shot at me too, because like I like we were talking about, Hawaii is hard to beat. You're over, you're in Hawaii, the, the campus. Like, I mean, you can't. It's hard to beat just being in Hawaii. But you guys, you, you, I never got an offer, so I can't. Come on, you got you got to you got to get on the phone with some of those guys and tell them what did you do. I I'm gonna talk I, to Fresno State too. Yeah, yeah. Talk to Fresno, talk to Hawaii, and get them on the phone. And be like, you guys messed up, right? <laughs> and then just hang up the phone. That's it. Fred, you can do about it. Fred, you do not know how many times I have made that call actually <laughs> afterwards. Um, but oh man, uh, so you're growing up in Southern California, right? BYU is not a likely destination for a lot of kids. Cause I, I, did you aspire to go, oh, I want to go to USC or I want to go to UCLA. I want to be in a PAC 12 school or what were you thinking at that point? Yeah. All growing up, uh, I was a huge Trojans fan. Uh, you know, USC was, was, a uh, was a big time school, you know, and um, not a lot of San Diego kids had the opportunity to even, uh, you know, get recruited to an LA school like that. But um you know, it was it was a dream, but I didn't really start getting recruited heavily by the Pac-12 schools or, you know, bigger name schools like those um, until like later on in my in my draft process. So BYU was one of the first teams that actually recognized, you know, my abilities and, and have that commitment in me and say, you know, we want to extend you an offer or a scholarship offer. And, uh, you know, me after, you know, discussing it with my mom, uh, you know, she was very heavily you know and she heavily influenced my decision just because you know that's, that's the person who raised me and the one who you know was i had my full trust in and so we we made the decision together I was, I was committed to byu and once i was committed i was committed like i mean i took a couple other official visits but you know i held my my commitment unlike you know how nowadays guys just kind of you know flip and flop a lot but you know i held i held it down yeah was the church and your faith a big part of that yeah, it was, you know, that was, that was part of it as well. And, uh, you know, I think I, when I visited the campus, I also wanted to play somewhere where I felt like they were going to play big time football. And, uh, you know, I, we played against top tier teams all throughout my college career and I was able to showcase my abilities and, and play against top competition, you know, as well as get a great education. So, I mean, it, I feel like I got the full package. Yeah, like Hawaii, you played, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. There you what go. are you laughing about? There you go. Nothing. You know, just, you know, I know. Although, <laughs> speaking of switching teams and things, I mean, you guys are going to have Robert Sala now. He's head coach of the Jets. Great opportunity for him. Obviously, Sherm. So, what kind of leadership role are you taking on here? Are you thinking about that, or is it just a lead by example type of scenario for you? Well, yeah, I think, um, you know, just as I progress in my career, um, you know, especially with this team, I'm, I've, I've continued to try and take a larger role as a leader for this team. And it's not it's not a matter of me kind of trying to be a raw, raw guy or, or you know, kind of step out of, um, the, you know, being myself. Uh, I just do things the right way day in and day out. And, I, and guys just feed off of that, you know, and I do when I feel like I need to speak up or, you know, I have, you know, that's I feel like so that's just part of it. Like, you know, that's just when you are someone that everybody's looking to, you're sometimes you've got to have to be the one to speak up and say something. So, 
you know, there's, there's a lot to leadership and, you know, a lot of it is service and trying to just serve my teammates any way I can um, and just continuing to grow as, as a player and, and do everything the right way. What do you expect to see difference-wise from, you know, D'Amico Ryans, who was there before in, in replacing Robert Sala? Uh, what do I expect to see in him as a defense coordinator? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's going to be the exact same person he was at, you know, as a as he was as a linebacker coach for me and the rest of the linebackers. Um, you know, he's 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 young. He's got that energy. Um, you know, he's still got that passion, that fire that he had back when he played played the game. Um, you know, we're going to run a similar style of defense. Uh, you know, I can't go through the whole X's and O's of it, but you know, I think he'll keep it pretty um pretty basic and similar to what we what we've been doing and uh i know he wants us to be fast and, and physical and violent as we always have been fred last year i know after the super bowl uh you know i think it was george had labeled it the legendary revenge tour it didn't turn out the way he wanted but getting to the super bowl and being so close uh you know what it's like you know what it takes to get there what's the motivation like for you guys and how much does that even give you more of a burning desire to get back there and win the ultimate game yeah, sure. I think the motivation every year is to, is to make it to, you know, is to win the thing, right? That's, I mean, every year, if, if you're not having that mindset that you're going to win the Super Bowl, then you're not doing, you're doing something wrong, you know, as an entire organization. So that's our, that's always our main goal and, and motivation going into the year. Yes, the fact that we, that we've been there extremely recently, you know, in the past two years and didn't make it, that has added, uh, you know, fuel to the fire, I'd say. But every year is a new year, um, you know, even going into last year, 2020 was, was its own year when we were starting that season off. It, we couldn't dwell on what had happened the year before. You got to start, you don't start back the, the following year at the Super Bowl. You start mm -hmm. back in training camp and then preseason and then right, you know, game one, two, three. And there's a whole process to it. And you got to focus in the moment at every single phase of it. And hopefully you put the work in and you do a good enough job to make it there and have a chance at it. So uh, I think that's the, that's the mindset going into it now is just really dialing in. Uh, you know, to your technique and putting the work in, uh, especially right now during this, you know, this little phase of uh, off-season programming. And so we can set ourselves up for success at the training camp. One of the fun things for me last year, 2019, I was able to be, able to be around you guys, the energy, the fans are there, uh, the defensive chemistry you guys had. We haven't had a chance to see Nick Bosa. Have you talked to Nick Bosa, wondering kind of how he is, if you had a chance to talk to him and just your overall thoughts on getting back this year with fans and that energy because you guys really fed off of it in 2019. Yeah, uh, I have talked to, to Nick, you know, we, we, uh, we talk often and he sent me videos of him training and this, I mean, he looks, I mean, he looks great, especially for as early as it is. I know he's posted some videos on social media uh, of his workouts and he's just, I mean, he's just a monster. So, I mean, the fact that he's making this progress, I'm not surprised at all, just the way he works and uh, just his, his physical makeup. So, uh, extremely excited to have him back and uh, extremely excited to have the fans back as well. That's for me, that's, that was a huge part of, uh, of the, that's, that is and always will be a huge part of the game. And so last year, not having them, uh, it sucked. It did. And so uh, having them back, it just adds so much more fun and, and, uh, and passion and fire to the game uh, on game days for sure. What lesson did you learn going from the Super Bowl? to a season in which you're just scuffling and guys are getting hurt and you're just, you know, trying to get to 500 basically, instead of being where you thought you probably should be at the top of the division, at least before the season started. Uh, well, 
I, I can say individually, I learned a lot, you know, especially as a, cause we were, we were just talking about leadership, right. And this is my, this past season was my first year elected as a captain, as a team captain, um, you know, and it's always easy to lead when, when things are going right, you know, when you're winning, uh, you just, you just sit back and you, you enjoy, you know, all the success that's going on. But, uh, you know, when you're going through the fire, you're going through the hard times and people are looking to you and that's when you really learn the most about yourself. Uh, you learn the most about your team, your teammates, um, you know, and I think we grew, we grew stronger and we grew, grew closer because of what we went through. Uh, of course, you never want to go through a season like that just to try and gain some, some experience or knowledge, but uh, you got to take what you got to take the positive from it. And so I think we're, we're just ready. We're hungry to get back after it uh, and, and get to it. So I think that's about it. Circle back to where we started, which was the drafts upcoming. There's a lot of talk about the 49ers perhaps taking Mac Jones out of Alabama. Um, he He's not the most mobile guy, and mobile quarterbacks have given you guys the most trouble. Russell Wilson, uh, obviously Mahomes. I, I'm still traumatized by that third and long play. Um, I don't know how often you think of that. You probably don't want to think of it, but yeah. do you do you think of it? No, not really. Okay. Not really. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's done and over with now. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how much more stress does one of those players, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. How much more stress does that put on you and your defense where, you know, you can play great assignment football and be exactly where you should be. And then suddenly, you know, the guy runs around and makes some crazy play. Well, yeah, there's there's special players all over this league that, that play that position. I mean, it's a hard position to play. I couldn't imagine. You know, it's a lot of uh, a lot of pressure put on on those guys. And um, like you mentioned, the ones like Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray's that you have to chase around. It just kind of adds that extra aspect of uh, you know you might have to cover it, uh, an extra two or three seconds longer in your in the in the play because you know when the play breaks down, they're able to kind of escape and make some things happen and having to chase these guys around as a linebacker, you know, that it's, uh, it's not always the most fun, but, um, you know, like I said, like there's, there's a lot of talent in this league and, um, and so, you know, those guys, those guys are, are, are at the top, you know, so. Making sure Larry didn't freeze there. You know, <laughs> we get to see all pro Fred a lot on the field, but like what's off season Fred like, what do you like to do to fill your time? And off season for it. All right. I like that one. Um, you know, it's not, not much, you know, it's, it's a lot of, uh, of, of chill time. You know, it's a lot of training. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty routine guy. So I, I, you know, I have the same type of routine every day of, of like what time I'm waking up and what I'm eating and, uh, times that I'm training my recovery process and everything. Um, you know, I like, I've got, I, you know, I got away and traveled a little bit to, to Mexico for the first time with my lady and, um, you know, just doing, little little fun things whenever I can just to you know enjoy the off season but um you know it's really dialed in right now to uh you know all steps of the process in terms of, of uh off season training and stuff like that you got any video games you like to play or shows you like to stream right now uh yeah I do I do hop on the sticks here and there you know I play a little <laughs> call of duty you know I know that's, that's a popular one the little war zone right now so uh, you know, don't get on too often to, to get it as good as I want, but it's, you know, here and there. Are you and your brother really competitive? Does he play with you? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're competitive. We, we play all the time. <laughs> I could we'll, imagine. We'll, we'll text each other and we'll be like, all right, it's time. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's how you know, like we, we, we hop on and we play and we're competitive. 
in everything that we do. So it, but it's fun. Fred, what would you say was your welcome to the NFL moment like this? It kind of hits you like this is actually real now. Is there a moment for you that stands out? This podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, just just now. Uh, this is when I felt it. Um, yeah. No, I feel like, uh, man, what is there a moment? I, I, I will I will say there's one moment that stuck out uh, my rookie year. I was I got hurt in training camp. I ended up like having like this little uh, nick in my in my sternum during practice. And so I couldn't play that first preseason game against Dallas. But uh, growing up, I was I was a Dallas Cowboys fan. I know it's, it's terrible to say <laughs> now. Right. But uh, growing up, I was a fan and we're playing Dallas that first game. So I was bummed I couldn't play in that game. But, um, you know, I'm on the sideline in my my shirt and shorts and I see, you know, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and all these, all these captains, Sean Lee go out for the point toss. And I'm like, dang, like, <laughs> those are like, they're, those, those are those guys and they're walking out right now. Like we're all in the same field. It's kind of crazy. You know? So I was kind of starstruck in that moment, but I soon had to figure out like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like you're, you're here now. Like you got to perform and play against those type of guys. And, um, you know, I, I feel like it just, you know, it was, it was all just a little, every, it was, it's all process and, it all kind of fell how, how it needed to. One, one more quick one. In Miami, we obviously were covering you guys. You guys are focused on the biggest game of your life. But for us, one of the cool things we got to do, we got to go to a, a media thing where Snoop Dogg performed. I know The Rock was around you guys. Was there anybody that you had a chance that kind of maybe starstruck you? What was that story like with The Rock? And I know it was all business that week, but there were some odd things that happened that week, right? No, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, I know it was, it was for sure dope for, for George because, he you know, he's big big rock fan and, 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 you know, WrestleMania and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, when I saw him, I was kind of like, Whoa, like you're the rock. Like that's kind of crazy, you know, cause you know, people think that we're just these NFL players. We don't have emotions and we just, like, <laughs> we just these superstars and like, no, like we're regular people too. And I, you know, I watched the rock growing up on all these movies. And so I seen it when I saw him in person, I'm like, and uh but it's all cool like it's, it's fun and that whole super bowl week was dope uh even though it's it's high tension high stress you know but it's just you know it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for a lot of guys and uh you know that was it was just it was fun to take it in and, and meet people like that yeah he's training for a, a a new movie role uh black adam i don't know if you follow him on instagram he is gigantic at this point i don't know if you, it's no, like, I, I don't follow him or anything but i mean he's i mean he's a workout fiend i think and oh, you know, he takes it serious so i'm not surprised all right well you at byu were an exercise and wellness major so help us out here because you can't really tell from the zoom boxes but when we're in the office, we are workout warriors between shows. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I, so give me your favorite core exercise. What can we do oh, man. if we want to be like Fred? <laughs> uh, man, uh, well, putting me on the spot. But, um, you know, I do like the, the little ab wheel, ab wheel roller. You know, you, we got one of those. It. There you go. You, you, you grab one of those, you know, you. You get on the ground, you start, you start ab wheeling, rolling it up and down. Now you'll get that eight pack in no time. You got to watch what you eat though, too. You can't just be out here doing the ab rolls and then eat cheeseburgers. Oh. I do the ab rolls so I can eat the cheeseburgers. <laughs> uh, okay. That, that, okay. Then you, then you, you get it, you know, you even it out a little bit, but we going for the eight pack. So that, that's why you got to cheeseburgers out. How, how long do you think it will take from, let's say we'll, we get the ab roller, like, <laughs> 
an hour or how, how long before we really see it just bust out? Yeah, I get, give it an hour, hour 25, 24 minutes, hour 24. That's usually around the time where you start to see little results. Okay. But based on my exercise and wellness uh, expertise, you know, that's, I think that's what I learned in school. I think that's the exact number. So one hour, 24 minutes. All right. We're going to set our synchronize our watches when we get back in there for there sure. Hopefully we do get back in there soon and uh, um, we'll actually be able to do this. I mean, uh, in person at some point that maybe you don't want that i don't know probably like i'm good on zoom with these dudes i'm fine yeah no need to see them in person no the zoom the zoom's nice you know look i mean look at you you're probably in your house right now you're relaxed you're comfortable you once you get off the meeting you just get to you know flip back in your pajamas and and watch a show probably you know it's it's a good deal right i mean it's not this ain't bad I i don't mind it Fred, I, I'm going straight to the ab wheel right after this. There's no pajamas involved. Oh, I see. I, no. I thought you were going to do the ab wheel in the pajamas, but that's cool too. Throw on some workout clothes. You're the expert. I will do what you're, you know, you're coaching us up. I'm just trying to get some tips. If I should, you tell me do them in pajamas, I'm in the pajamas. I mean, whatever. Do it in the pajamas and videotape yourself, post it on social media, <laughs> and then, we'll, and then we'll, we'll, we'll give it a go. All right. That's how. Tag me. Tag me in also. Yeah, I, I will it, tag Larry. you. I will, we should do that. You know how many clicks we would get on that? People would think, sure. wow, what is wrong with this dude? Um, I'm, but, sure, I'm sure you get a lot of clicks. Oh, see, now Chris Chris has got, got the cut cardboard cutout. My cut out there. You can't see <laughs> you can't see the abs right there. They didn't do yeah. me justice on They cut me off. They were worried. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Fred, really appreciate it. Um, thanks so much for your time. Really bummed you didn't go to Hawaii, but um, I think it worked out. Yeah, it worked yeah. out. It worked, worked out pretty good. So we good. can't wait to see you and uh, the 49ers next season and uh, hoping everybody stays healthy and uh, uh, maybe another trip back to the Super Bowl. It'd be really, really cool. Yes, sir. That's the goal. All right, Fred. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate you. With authority.